Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is taken from the Annual Missions Conference. This is the second morning session of Sunday the 31st of May 2009, entitled Faith Promise Giving. And here is Brother Richard Rawls. I remember in the first pastor that I went to back many years ago, in fact it was 1959, former pastor had a small plaque hanging on the wall in his study and it said uh, had these words on it said when I quit making mistakes I will be with the Lord question where will you be I didn't understand that until I went to pastor and then I saw how easily it was to make a mistake and I thought man where did you, you get that plaque I need one like it amen I want to thank you again for receiving me so graciously I always feel so welcome here, and uh, I feel that I'm definitely loved, and I assure you that I love you as well, and thank the Lord for you. And I so appreciate the faithful way in which the Lord is blessing his word through uh, the ministry of Brother Larry Curtis and others that are in the leadership positions and are laboring with him. And we just so thank the Lord for uh, the good way in which God's blessing the church. I remember when I think when we first started coming here, uh, the number would be maybe maybe what this number is on this side right here. And then God's uh, added to your church, and uh, not only numerically, but to see the spiritual growth and the spiritual blessings, uh, the increase the Lord is giving you in that area as well. Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Acts chapter 20. While you're turning there, I would ask you to continue praying for Nora. Uh, she was diagnosed with a very, very serious heart condition back around the first of the year. And uh, she and I both elected for her not to come over this year because of the altitude, the duration of the transatlantic flights, and uh, the just, she's just extremely weak. And the thinner oxygen that would be uh, during those flights we felt would not be at all good for her. And we didn't want to take a chance on maybe her crossing over, amen, not crossing over the Atlantic, but me being here alone, amen. And But uh, God's answering prayer, She, her heart is improving very definitely. And as she improves, she's working harder. Pray the Lord will help her to learn to rest, amen. I prayed for the Lord to give me a wife that would work. Back years ago, before we ever got married, and I'm telling you, if he has ever answered a prayer, he answered that one. I, I've, threatened, I've threatened her in love to put a choke chain on her. How many of you know what a choke chain is? You put that on a dog, you know, when you, you pull back, it actually tightens around his neck. He will obey you. And I said, honey, time and again, slow down. Your shoes are smoking. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> But uh, uh, she's, uh, she is so improving, and please continue to pray for uh, our two sons for uh, some time was out of church, and I want to report they both are back in church and serving the Lord, but please continue to pray for Mike and Mark. And then Sheila's got a very good home. We've given you an update on that. All right, Matt, in the book of Acts chapter uh, 20, let's stand please for the reading of God's Word. Paul here is meeting with the Ephesian pastors, the Ephesian elders on the Isle of Miletus. He's on his way to Jerusalem, then ultimately to Rome where he, would, where he will uh, seal his life's blood with his own 
uh, uh, testimony as a martyr. And uh, here he, he's right, he's talking to these Ephesian pastors. And he says to them, verse 33 through 35, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands, speaking of his own, have ministered unto my necessities and, look at this, to them that were with me. He's a missionary giving to missionaries. Notice how he did this. He said, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring, that is laboring in this same manner, you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of faith promise giving. And uh, I approach this subject with no apology because it is still more blessed to give than receive. You'll be blessed more by the giving than you ever are blessed by receiving. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again, we ask you, we implore you, beseech you, for your name's sake, for your people, every person here has a need that only you can meet. I pray that you'd so bless the needs would be met through something said in the message to encourage those that might be uh, discouraged or challenged and inspire those who might need challenging. And all of us really need that, Father, and edification. Help us meet with us today in this, the preaching of your word in this hour. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Faith promise giving is giving beyond, over and above, your regular tithes and offerings. The Bible clearly teaches that we ought to give a minimum of 10% as a tithe to the service of God. Uh, the Lord Jesus brought this over from the Old Testament in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23. Uh, then it was commended again in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 8. And tithing actually was practiced over 400 years before the law was given. It is right to tithe. And then it's right to give offerings in addition to, to the tithe. But uh, it is also right and biblical, scriptural, to give a faith promise offering. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul the Apostle was writing to uh, the church at Corinth, and uh, he spoke to them, and he said, uh, he, he referred to the Macedonian Christians in, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and uh, he said to them in verse, uh, let me see, in verse uh, 7, he said, Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, You've grown there. You're abounding in that. No shortage there. You've learned to trust God, believe God, and utterance that you're going out speaking, witnessing to others, preaching. said you're abounding in that. No shortage there. And knowledge, they'd studied the Word of God. They'd grown in that area and were abounding. And in all diligence, and he could not write that in First Corinthians, but he did here because they're now diligent, caring for things that they were lax in in the first uh, book of first Corinthians. And he said, and you're loved us. You're abounding there. Then he adds, see that you abound in this grace. Also, you study the context of this chapter and the way this is given. And he's speaking about the subject of giving in particular, he's commending the churches of Macedonia, 
in their giving. And uh, he speaks of the grace of God. Go back to verse 1. He speaks of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, under great persecution and affliction, said the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. They were in a great trial of affliction, suffering, time of hardship, tribulation, deep poverty in that also. But yet these Macedonian Christians heard about the need of the poor saints that were in Jerusalem. And I cannot help but wonder if God has not permitted the famine to come on Jerusalem they were experiencing at that time because of their withdrawal from missions. Amen. And uh, instead of going out into all the world, they've gone back to Jerusalem. Great famine comes, and now the churches are helping the church at Jerusalem, helping the saints at Jerusalem with a free will offering. And when the Macedonian Christians heard about this, in deep poverty, great travel affliction, they purposed to give, and they were willing to give to their power. Verse 3 says, Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing to give of themselves. And then they gave such an offering, it was so large that Paul was very hesitant to receive it because verse 4 says, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift, that is the gift that would be taken to Jerusalem and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Uh, when they brought this and Paul saw the amount of it, he says, no way. No, what? No, I know where you folk are living. I know the need that you're experiencing I know the poverty that you're in, the trial of affliction you're in. I'm not going to accept this. And they pressed him, yes, take it. And he says, no, they, with much entreaty, they pressed him, continuing to press him to take the offering that they might have a part in the fellowship of ministering unto the saints. Paul said, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Now, folk, listen, faith Promise giving works. This church in deep poverty, great trial of affliction, or churches, they gave what they could. That means they gave their power. But they were willing beyond their power. And I can see that. I can close my eyes, see this playing out just as plain as if I was there. They are so moved in their hearts, so grateful that God has used the uh, church starting first in Jerusalem and through the Israelite the Jews in particular, to give them the gospel and to help them to come to know the Lord, to be saved. To go, they're going to heaven, not hell. They are so thankful. They are so thankful. They hear about these dear folk that God's used to bring this through. They're now in a great trial and uh, in a time of great famine. And they said, man, we've got to help. We want to help. What can we give? And they started giving and giving. And when they saw what they had, it was nowhere near what they wanted to give. So they get on their knees and began beseeching the Lord, praying in the night seasons, lying in bed praying, God, help us, give us more that we can give. God, you've done it before. And no doubt even referred to Old Testament passages of Scripture, which they had then. Uh, and thinking of Scripture like in First uh, Kings chapter 17, where the Lord used the widow woman that was destitute, to feed Elijah, the man of God. She had only a handful of meal in a barrel, a little oil in a cruise. 
and they're praying and praying and God began answering. And when they brought what God had given through them to give, Paul says, whoa, whoa, no way, no way, no way, no way. I'm not going to do this. I'm not taking this. And they said, yes, 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 you take it. Paul says, no, yes, you take it. And with much entreaty. They may have even shared some of the ways in which God had blessed them. I found in faith promise giving, giving to the Lord, the Lord will give through us to give what he has not given to us to keep. And the Bible bears this out. Now, uh, I see at least five ways the Lord may give through us in giving to faith promise in order to help us give to faith promise. And this is exciting when you get involved and see the Lord doing this. I'm talking about watching him in action. It'll strengthen your faith. Plus, God then rewards us for being a faithful vessel or servant that he can pass this through. And in effect, faith promises like this saying, Lord, you help me whether it's through a job or whatever, you help me to give and I'll pass it on. And God enables us. And as a result of him doing this, then the Lord rewards us abundantly for the giving of it. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I'm not following cunningly devised fables. I'm speaking clearly to you from my heart. The Lord will have me one day standing before him. And I'll give an account for everything I'm, I'm sharing with you. I'm speaking the truth in love. Now, I found at least five ways the Lord will give us and help us to give our faith promise. Number one, he may give us an increase through our employment. Paul the Apostle in our text here in Acts chapter 20 was a tent maker. He worked with his hands in order to supply where there was insufficient funds. Churches that uh, supported him, the Church of Macedonia in particular, you find this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse, verse 8. Churches supported him, just as we support missionaries today. This, again, is a biblical, God-honored principle. But when there was insufficient support, uh, Paul labored with his hands. And uh, not just when there was not enough support, he labored with his hands, not just to have where there might be a lacking for himself, but in order to give to others that labored with him. Look again in our text. In verse 35, Paul said, I've showed you all things how that so laboring, how that so laboring, pardon me, look, verse 34, I'm sorry. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands, speaking of his own, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Paul took additional work as a tent maker in order to have additional money, additional funds to minister to or give to those who were working as co-laborers, missionary helpers who were working with him. And he said, I've showed you all things, how that in soul laboring, that is following this same example, you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if someone approached Pastor Curtis and said to him, Pastor, on such and such a day, I'm going to be at your church. I'm going to give a thousand pounds to every person that is there. 
young or old. And that date, all they've got to do is just be there. Don't even have to be members of the church. Is there anybody that would miss? I don't see any hands. Amen. Uh, that would be a blessing, would it not? We could all, could you not use an extra thousand pounds? Sure. Amen. And as great a blessing as that would be, it's still yet a greater blessing to give. Now, to carry this illustration a step further, suppose Pastor Curtis forgot to announce the fellow's going to be here, and he's only going to come one time. The fellow shows up, and uh, maybe for whatever reason, a number of people are missing, you know, out, sick, whatever, you know, and that fellow actually gives the thousand pounds to every person here, babies, old, young, whatever, and boy, the word is passed out. And you find out that the man told Pastor Curtis maybe weeks earlier, and he forgot to announce it. We have a saying over in the States, his name would be mud. Amen? But folk, listen, time and again when we announce the subject, we're going to be preaching on giving. Uh, <laughs> His name Mud. He preached on giving. But God's word tells us it is more blessed to give than receive. I've seen the Lord give increases when people got involved in faith promise giving. And he doesn't always use this one means. But I've seen the Lord give overtime, raises, bonuses, different things. I've seen the Lord give better paying jobs, self-employed people. I've seen them where the Lord increased their bottom line of profit. I'm honest before the Lord. God's done this. I think of a man down in, well, let's see, was over in the States in a church called, uh, let me think, Bible Baptist Church. It was in Gainesville, Georgia. And I'd preached a couple of meetings there uh, before. And, uh, and uh, so in the first part of the meeting, I think it was even the first night, uh, he stood up in the song service, standing back on this side, uh, close, right around where Brother Malcolm's sitting back there. And uh, he stood up in the song service, and he said, Folk, he said, uh, I need to make a prayer request. He said, The Lord has already shown me what I'm to give in my faith promise for missions this year. But he said, There is no possible way I can do that uh, unless the Lord helps me. He said, On top of this, I have a daughter that's entering college next week and I don't know where I'm going to get the funds to take care of the extra that's going to be required for her tuition. He said, I'm asking you to pray for me. And he just sat down. That same man in the song service the next night stood up and he said, Folk, I want to give testimony to the faithfulness of God. He said, you know, I made the prayer request last night. He said, then concerning my faith promise and my daughter and said, Went into work today, and he said, uh, in the factory there, said, uh, my, the owner came out walking around through the factory and said, uh, uh, finally came over to my machine, stood behind me watching me work, and said, then he told me, said, uh, turn your machine off and, and come in the office with me. And he said, I turned the machine off, went in, said he motioned me to have a seat, and said he sat down behind his desk, said we talked for a moment, and then he said, uh, he said, listen, you've made me a good employee, and I want you to know that I appreciate it. And he said, I'm going to give you a raise that will be reflected on your next check. And he said, I understand that you have a daughter that's entering college this next week. 
He said, I'm also going to give some extra to help you with her college tuition. He said, folk, the raise plus what that man gave me is enough to cover my faith promise and to cover my daughter's college tuition. You think that didn't strengthen that man's faith? Amen? Now, see, uh, he's maybe going to have the same amount of money he had before. Maybe. I don't might have had a little extra. I don't know. But he is stronger. He doesn't have the same that he had before he got involved because now God's given him a blessing that's going to be like a milestone, a pillar in his Christian life. And his daughter, now instead of them having to take out a loan, God's just paying for it, paying for it. And he's giving to missions and God's paid for it and paying for it, you see. And God's rewarding him even for the giving that with eternal rewards he'll enjoy for all of eternity. Again, faith promise giving. And time would fail me to go on and share the testimonies, the many testimonies I could give you on that. Second thing, the Lord might give you a gift or a number of gifts. In the scriptures, in, uh, in uh, John chapter 6 and uh, <clears throat> pardon me, other places, we find where the Lord had people to give gifts that, that met the need. The lad's lunch we talked about. Luke 19, a man gave a donkey. And uh, Peter lend, loaned the Lord his boat. Uh, many gifts given in the scriptures. And again, I found the Lord will give through us to give what he will not give to us to keep. And, uh, and the Lord may give you a gift or a number of gifts to help you with your faith promise. I think about a pastor named Arnold Whitson. Preached a meeting in his church the first year and introduced faith promise giving. And he promised to give $10 a week. This has been back several years ago. And that would be the equivalent of probably 30 U.S. dollars a week right now. But uh, he, he said, uh, Brother Rawls said, we're, we're kind of living a little closer around our house, but I'm going to trust the Lord to help me to give $10 a week. And uh, so I shared some things along this line, how the Lord will help you. Then I said to him when we closed the meeting that morning on Sunday, I said, Brother Whitson, any testimonies you have that might be of interest, pass them on to me. And he said, I'll do it. The next day, the very next day, he called me on Monday morning. He said, Brother Rawls, he said, this thing of faith promise works. I said, I know it does. I said, what's happened? He said, you know, I told you yesterday, I'm going to take a trip in view, involving some few hundred miles to visit our son and daughter-in-law over across two states. And I said, yes. He said, well, a couple of our members called me this morning and said, Pastor, we understand you're going out of town. And he said, that's right. They said, don't leave till we get there. We've got something for you. Said they came over and said to me, said, uh, Pastor said, uh, this traveling costs money, doesn't it? And they smiled. He said, it sure does. They said, we want to give you something to help you on your trip. He said, Brother Rawls, they gave me a check for $500. He said, that's my entire faith promise for the year with the exception of two weeks. He laughed. And then he said, he said, I've got 50 weeks to pray in the other $20 that I owe for missions. Isn't God good? Well, I tell you what, I, I, recite, I recite these stories and I've seen them in action and it makes me feel sorry again for, for lost people that think they're having fun. You know, I've got me something to drink or a pill or, you know, and I'm not saying that mockingly. I really feel sorry for people that are lost that think that the joy of life is in sin. 
It's in Jesus. Let me give you another way. The Lord may rearrange your outgo. He can give you a better deal on your groceries, make your car last longer, less maintenance on your house, less sickness. He can rebuke the devourer. He can give wisdom to be better stewards of what we already have. God rearranged the outgo of a whole nation, the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 5, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 21, uh, see, God had, uh, had commanded through Moses for Israel to give an offering, and it was gold, silver, brass, uh, precious, uh, linen, dyed purple and ramskin, dyed red, and badger skin and so on. In Exodus 25 and reaffirmed in Exodus 35, they gave this. You know what God did? See, they're giving what in effect could be their clothing and every area of their life is affected, really. But just this one area because of time. You know what God did concerning their clothing? He made their clothing last 40 years. And their shoe leather, their shoes lasted 40 years. I was preaching this and a fellow said to me one time, he said, Brother Rawls, could you imagine a lady's dress never getting old in 40 years? I can't imagine a man's suit not getting old in 40 years. Amen? Hey, reminds me of the lady said to her husband, he had a little bit of a problem with his hearing, couldn't hear good, you know. And his name was Homer. She said, Homer, I need a new dress. I need $25. And he said, huh? She said, I need $25 for a new dress. He said, get on the other side. I can't hear good on this side. She gets on the other side. She's aggravated. She said, I need $40 for a new dress. He said, get on the $25 side. I can hear a better over there. <laughs> God made the clothing and the shoes of those people the last 40 long years. Oh, my tremendous blessing. And then, number four, God can give us the spirit to sacrifice joyfully. He can give us the spirit to actually sacrifice and be thrilled and joyfully doing it. I think of a man named Amos Lockhart, and Pastor, you know him so well. I remember so well Brother Amos, and uh, along about this time, his wife had cancer and was dying, and, and she died, really. But Brother Amos I can see his face right now. He said, Brother Rawls, the greatest blessing that I have in life is giving to missions. God had given Brother Amos the spirit to sacrifice joyfully. And uh, I think of another man named Bobby Shelton. I'd gone to his church, introduced faith promise giving. He started giving to missions. And uh, he had a landscaping business, had done right, very well. I mean, very well with it. Drove, uh, you know, a Lincoln town car. I don't know the best car over here, but... Man, I mean, that's, that's just a notch under what? Cadillacs or if anything, even if it's under it. Had all the electric bells and whistles, you know, and lived in a very nice home, nice subdivision. And uh, I mean, just he'd done real well, real well. But when he started giving to missions, I found out that first year he told me his business was beginning to fail. And then the second year, I'm back at his home and we're doing another conference. And I said to him, I said, Brother Bobby, you mentioned last year your business is declining. 
I said, is it increasing? And I thought since he's giving to faith promise, maybe the Lord's turned this thing around, you know, and boy, things going good. And he told me, he said, no, Brother Rawls. He said, it's going down worse. It's going on, still going down. He said, in fact, if something doesn't happen, we're going to lose everything we have. And uh, I personally didn't understand that. And uh, I said, well, preacher, I'm sorry. I'm, I know you're giving to missions. He said, yes. And he said, listen, he said, the greatest blessing that has come along in my ministry, and he had been in the minister for years, is this privilege, the blessing of giving to missions. And he added, I would to God that I had learned about this years ago. And he repeated, the greatest blessing that's come along in my ministry is giving, giving to missions. He said, well, Brother Rawls, how you explain his business failing? Well, uh, I didn't know it. Brother Bobby didn't know it. His wife, nobody else knew it at that time. But his wife, Sister Mary Shelton, was about to come into hundreds of thousands of U.S. dollars. Within months, you see, Brother Bobby had terminal cancer. He didn't have any pain, didn't have any indication of it. When the doctors discovered it, he had only about three months to live, and they had carried some very large insurance policies. And Bobby was being used of God to lay up eternal treasures and rewards for his missions giving, and the Lord was about to let him retire from the landscaping business, the heat, the worry, keeping the equipment, you know, maintained and so on. And uh, he wasn't going to need that business. didn't matter if it goes down. And Sister Mary wasn't going to need it. As we say in the States, she's in a tub full of money. <laughs> Amen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, the writer says, You took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing that in heaven you ha have a better and enduring substance. The Lord can give His Spirit to sacrifice joyfully. And then number five, and we'll close, the Lord can work the supernatural. He works supernatural. I uh, think of Peter being sent, and the money that he needs and the Lord needs is going to be taken out of a fish's mouth. Amen? And... Uh, I think about this same man, Amos Lockhart, that uh, I mentioned earlier, just a while ago. His faith promised due the next day. And uh, it was on Saturday. He's out praying. He said, Lord, you have never failed to help me to have my faith promise offering as long as I've been doing this. And uh, he said, I don't know what's happening now, but he said, I need I need my missions offering. He'd done whatever he could, you know, and it simply wasn't there. And he said, walking around out in his backyard, back behind his home, a man drove by, man slammed on brakes, comes backing up, pulls into his driveway, gets out of his car, comes walking toward him, said, hey, said, he said, uh, I, I, was that fuel tank you got up behind your house here for sale? And Brother Amos said, well, it might be, smiled, said, let's talk about it. And they, they got together on a price. That man bought a fuel tank that Brother Amos had been trying to sell and trying to sell. And he said, I finally quit advertising. I figured nobody wants a thing. 
They got together within 50 cents of what his faith promise was for the next day. And, uh, hey, uh, it was God. The Lord working the supernatural. And, uh, again, time would fail me to share with you some of the things that I've done. I was praying, and not that we didn't have the money to get there, but the cost of our fuel went up, I mean, very high. It's come back down in the States. And we were paying $4 plus up to $4.50 U.S. dollars a gallon for diesel fuel. We told campers a rule to help the churches with uh, defraying the cost of our lodging so that we don't have to stay in expensive motels and go to so many small churches. So we have a nice camper, not elaborate, but nice. And 10 miles per gallon is about the best you can expect. That means $4.50 for every 10 miles and traveling to meetings that maybe, you know, one group of churches we go to, it's 800 miles one way. It'll get in your pocketbook. Amen. I was praying for the Lord to help us with some extra uh, money for fuel. We stopped by a thrift store. Anybody ever shop a thrift store? Don't be ashamed. Amen. Sure we do. Amen. And, uh, hey, I went over, I was looking for Stafford shirts. They sell them at J.C. Penney's, you know, $25, $35 each. I go, and, I go to the thrift store, and I find them that don't have a blemish, nowhere. I mean, nothing wrong with them, and I buy them for like four bucks. And I, try, I even get the right size. Amen. I even get the right design, the right color I'm looking for. Four bucks, four bucks. I found this shirt, and there was something in the, in the pocket. I didn't even take special notice of the size. I looked in the pocket. There was four U.S. $20 bills. I said, praise God. There's one fill-up with that fuel I'm praying for. $80. God's able to work the supernatural. But you don't get in on this unless you get in on giving. Amen? Could we, and I'm almost hesitant to use this word, could we dare, could we dare to trust God to use us to make a faith promise offering or maybe even increase our faith promise offering? My wife and I give, and we give conscientiously and very steadily and joyfully. But I'm praying, and I want the Lord to help me to do this, I want to increase my faith, faith promise offering. We give through our home church, and I'm challenging you to give the equivalent of another tithe, the missions. You tithe here to your church, I'm sure. I trust you do. Uh, I believe it would be good for us to be challenged to give another tithe to helping get the gospel out around the world. Maybe you're already above that. I don't know. But uh, I believe that would be a good challenge for us. Amen. You pray and ask the Lord what he would have you to do. Could we stand, please? Our Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would take the words that have been spoken. Help us, dear Lord. Oh, our dear precious God. Father, thank you for your precious goodness and closeness to us. The peace and joy we sense and feel in our hearts right now. God, I pray that you would help us. We might love you more.
God, I pray that you'd help us to do more. Help us to want to do more, Father. They just to just get a real close, sweet vision of your presence and power. And Lord, help us to reach out, to get the gospel out to the ends of the earth. We know you gave your life. Help us to give of our means in reaching others. With our heads bowed and eyes closed. Pastor, you come, please. You're here this morning and have never trusted Christ as your Savior. This would be a good time to make this a red-letter day of your life when you just give your heart to Jesus. If you have been saved, pardon me, if you have been saved, maybe you're walking in a distance or far off, why not rededicate your life to the Lord and be a blessing, be a stepping stone to help sinners in the kingdom of God rather than a stumbling stone of which they might stumble into hell. Be sensitive to the Lord as the pastor comes. God bless you, brother.